welcome to After Dark. I'm here with Liv. Hello, Liv. Hello, Trevor. I just read your bio on your Twitter, um, and I like how you say at the end, um, chatting video games after dark and indie game reviews as quote-unquote Olivia on no cartridge. That is what people um, can call me. That's the name that I'm sometimes known by. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's not like a ladybird situation where it is a name you've given yourself, um, and much to your mother's chagrin. No, have that's you, that's A V. Have AV you seen it, Lady Bird? Lady Bird is basically about A V, I think. Um it's a little bit before my time, but still Yeah. Lady Bird? Lady Bird came out like last year. No, I mean like the, the time that it's like actually aiming to describe oh, oh, I was like I, time. Twenty seventeen. I was like, I don't know. You're a lot younger than me, but I don't think <laughs> I don't think you could say that you're too young for twenty seventeen. Liv is two years old. Sorry. It's like, I don't know anything about that year. Yeah. It's more like, instead of like Dave Matthews band crash being like my high school song, it was like, I was in elementary school. That was my song that I'm like listening to my older brother's CDs kind of song, okay. All right, which is a, a different mood, a different mood. Yeah. I didn't have any older siblings, so I don't really know what that's like. Um, you're very lucky. That's a way to put it. Um, well, it's nice to talk to you again. How, how, how is, how's quarantine treating you? You know, just fabulous. There's truly nothing that could be improved upon really an really? A plus. Situation. Just, just like, you're gonna, you're like, there's, so this is like, this is a real compliment to the chef, AKA the deadly disease known <laughs> as COVID-19. Really just excellent work. I'm just like the, the chef at the end of Ratatouille, the food <laughs> critic, like absolutely Every every piece in its place. <laughs> COVID has made you the rural dish of your childhood that you never never <laughs> thought you wanted to taste again, but you did. Spoilers for Disney's Ratatouille. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Sure, that no, doesn't it certainly does. Sense. <laughs> You're just saying stuff now. You're just just trying to keep this moving. No. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you know me. That's, that's what I do. Um, are you um, are you making it through okay? Are you are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I, I'm truly like I get to keep working, and I'm working from home. Um, cool. Anything that I could complain about would be truly. I mean, like it sucks that I haven't seen my boyfriend in seven months and don't know when I'll see him again. That's not great, but um, I feel like you can complain about that. I think I think anyone who would fault you for that is a heartless churl. And they haven't met my boyfriend. Clearly, he's a he's a sweetie. He's an excellent man. I don't know. I'd call him a sweetie, not an excellent man. That makes him sound like he's like um, one of the really nice people from The Crucible or something. Uh yeah, Giles Corey. I'm dating Giles Corey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> sweet, sweet Giles Corey. <laughs> gone, gone too soon. My grandmother uh, didn't like the ending of the Crucible because of got Giles Corey. She thought he should have uh, lied and kept living. And she said he had kids. Like it was the wrong thing to do to tell the truth. There, that was. A, a stupid thing to do and so she wouldn't watch any more arthur miller plays <laughs> i she never swore... saw the movie oh i mean i that's also what's in the play too but i mean i think she saw the movie and then swore off the rest of his uh oeuvre after that 
the Crucible was the first play that my brother ever did whenever he was in high school and first getting into theater. So I've seen it like 10 times because that was uh-huh. the time whenever my parents were like, okay, well, we're going to go see every single every single um, performance of it. So bold, I've seen the Crucible 10 play times your... per, performed by uh, high schoolers. Bold play for your brother, t- uh, your, your brother in a fairly religious family to be part of. Um, Does not have the nicest things to say about religion. The crucible. I mean, we're not Puritans. Well, or... no one. No one <laughs> you're not from Massachusetts, are you? <laughs> Our family hasn't been part of any stonings. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh well, and I didn't know you guys were so tame down south. <laughs> Everyone does stonings up north, so we... La-di-da, okay. Well, you know what? It's fun. It's our heritage. <laughs> I, I hate that you're trying to take it from us. Um, uh, no, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad. otherwise, aside from not seeing Giles, it's going okay. Um, yeah, I guess same here. I'm a little bored, I think, of, of quarantine. I think I'm done with it. <laughs> I think I'm over it. I don't know what to tell you. Bored is the last thing I am right now, truly. Okay. So yeah, no, um, I mean I guess I'm bored and also busy, but it's it's okay. Um But tonight, uh we decided to do kind of a chill show. We're gonna do some some question and answer for the uh, for the people. Yeah. Um this this style of episode is kind of like for for those that don't understand it, it's kind of like a reverse jeopardy like we got the questions and now we'll give the answers yeah exactly it's, it's i'm glad you called it reverse jeopardy because up until very recently a jeopardy was the only way people understood questions um existing yeah. so this is a real this is a real doozy of a format yeah it's a little bit of a curveball but uh <laughs> You know, we, we try to do what we can in this uh, meager season of uh, sports ball, as some of y'all like to call it. Ah, yes, yeah, sports ball. <laughs> we're not going to get in. We're not going to get into my feelings on sports ball, uh, which, of, of course, anyone who knows me knows I put way too much time into. Um, a friend of mine in the chat uh, just today uh, sent a friend friend of uh, friend of me. I don't know friends of everyone else, um, uh, but friend. uh, uh Barrel Jumpist, who used to be Brad, as terrific as I am to understand, uh, trying to warm up for the season. Trev, I'm sorry to hear about the Eagles this week, <laughs> which is really just like the one thing you can always say to me every week. Um, unfortunately, I care too much about sports ball. Liv, hmm. you are a perfect uh, football fan in that you care about the Saints only so long as they are making New Orleans happy. That's right. Yep. Uh, same thing with Pelicans. Go Pelicans. Yeah, go Pellies. Pellies aren't doing too bad, I don't think. I I don't know. I'm not following the bubble NBA that closely, but uh, oh. let's see. Let's find out. I will. We'll see. Uh, I think they've won some. They've lost some. They've uh, they've done all the things that you'd want to see. Yeah. Most importantly, their mascot's a bird, so that's really all I've asked of them. It is, and and there's also the king cake baby. Uh, yeah, and we would never say anything negative about the king cake baby. <laughs> Oh no, the new I, I I hate to tell you this, but the New Orleans Pelicans have been eliminated from contention. I'm sorry, uh, what? What does that mean? It means they are not going to be playing in the playoffs. They're already to the playoffs? Yeah, they took a ton of time off. I thought this was like the start of a new season. They're continuing from 
the yeah, they're continuing season? from uh, the old season. They took this as a oh season break. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry to do this to you. Oh my goodness! But next year, next year the Pellies are going to win that win it all. I think <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and you'll be hanging on every every minute of it. Um, so these questions, some of them are goofy, some of them are uh, normal. I've done I've done shows where we've answered every question asked of us. Um, we are not going to do that today. I think we had like an hour and a half question and answer show one time because I just stupidly kept reading every single question. <laughs> um, and, and since it takes me about three to three and a half years to learn something, um, I feel like I'm at the point where I can learn one new thing, and it's to pick and choose. Uh, so, Liv, I'm going to ask the questions, which means you get to answer first, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Maybe we'll do – how about we do, like, five or six questions? How do you feel about that? I think that um, time will tell us. I, I do believe oh, – okay. um, we'll know. We'll know when it's time. I think you're right. Um, so the first question is about Ben Shapiro and his uh, comments today. On, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. And that's all the time we have today. <laughs> just looking, looking to get you to say P word on the air. Um, <laughs> and that's right. It's the P word. Whereas what he should be saying is the B word um, or the V word or the uh, bussy word. Um, that's the that's the word. I've never actually said that word out loud. I don't know if I said it right. I'll Anyhow. just let you, yeah. You're let me, I'm like, I'm meditating on this. Do on that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's like, let, let me grow. Um, all right. So uh, to the point, I'm just pulling up. Um, oh, there it is. Sorry, it was in another tab. Um, you ever find that Twitter tabs uh, are not distinct enough? This is something that I think about a lot. No, um, I never think. Hmm? I never think. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so actually, I did want to share this with you. Um, this isn't a question, but it's related to a question we got from uh, my agent and friend, uh, Eric Hane, um, about Pokemon. And, and I think it was a kind of a jokey question, but the question was, why, why aren't they allowed to unionize? But I was reminded uh, that friend of the show, Francis uh, Fukiomama, um, at our F-R-N-C-I-S-F-U-K-Y-O-M-A-M-A, a very, very uh, tortured joke about uh, Francis Fukuyama, author of The End of History and uh, general kind of dum-dum. Uh, he, uh, the, our friend, not Francis Fukuyama, uh, <laughs> brought to my attention that um, apparently Pokemon, the show, was supposed to end. Um, it's like, it's a, it's a, uh, an article about Mewtwo Strikes Back. Someone just uh, retweet or just uh, translated some of it, um, and it says uh, months and years having passed. This is this was the planned end of Pokemon. Satoshi, who's Ashen in our uh, version, who has become an old man, suddenly remembers the old days. It is an embellished memory of childhood, a fantasy, the imaginary creatures Pokemon and their adventure, friendship, coexistence. That is. In the real human world, something Satoshi could not possibly encounter. However, somewhere in childhood, surely Pikachu and the other Pokemon are there. Musashi and Kojiro are there. Um, not just that, everyone Satoshi encountered on his childhood adventure could be seen in the elderly Satoshi's eyes. Satoshi hears his mother's voice in his ear. Come along, hurry to bed. You set off on your journey in the morning, don't you? 
The next morning, woken by his mother, Satoshi, once again in the form of a young boy, energetically rushes out of the house. This is a search not to catch Pokemon, not a journey to become a Pokemon master, but to discover what I am. A journey with the goal of coexisting with others. I hate that. Yeah, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Gotta tell you. I think that I think that sucks to be honest. Yeah, I don't I don't like it at all. Like apparently there were other world building things, like he wanted Pikachu to lead a rebellion against the humans. Um, he wanted to have like trainers looked down upon by society and considered an antisocial thing to do. And trainers were disproportionately young men causing workforce shortages. Um, I'm like, I'm really glad someone actually like told Satoshi he can't do this. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm glad someone just kind of sat him down and was like, listen, like we kind of got a good thing going on here. I don't think, I don't think ending it with like that that tweet where it's like when you die you wake up in your bed again and it's 11 and it's sunny like i don't think that's a good way to end our extremely popular anime um that makes me sick to my stomach i yeah i don't like that it did to me too i didn't want to share it with you because i knew you'd like it it just it's it's something that i wanted to know about i didn't want to know about but i i have to share with others now it's like the ring i just i feel like i don't know about like what about capturing animal little animals that have feelings really teaches you about coexistence i feel like not much not much <laughs> i feel like you could have a better dream that you could live over and over um yeah no for sure um also the idea that it was just a complete and total hallucination is very strange to me like you just find out at the end of pokemon that satoshi is a, a like senile and and working his memories out through this fantasy that he's come up with in his head. See, the thing is here that this would be more interesting for our Gigi no reread discussion on Pokemon and doing Android stream of electric sheep. I feel I know. Like I can't believe I didn't know about more it. To talk about. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I thought, I thought you'd be interested to hear about that and, and sick to your stomach. I assumed yes. that too. So that's why I told you. Thank um, you. so, uh, let's see. Okay. So, um, I wanted to pull from uh, some of the Twitter answers and some of the answers on the No Cartridge Discord, which uh, the link for which is in the at No Cartridge account bio. Um, so uh, Piss Castle, this is on Twitter, who's a, a friend of the show and also uh, artist for the show at times, uh, Rory Blank, asked me, um, and you, because you were added in it as well, what is the perfect video game that exists? Uh, so that's the first part of the question. So to you, what is the perfect video game that exists? I have a feeling I know the answer. <laughs> I, I, I think that it truly would be um, like a classic, classic WoW. I think that that, if it stayed um, social, is kind of like my perfect video game. That's like, it, except for with um, newer raid bosses in there. Like if it had hmm. like new ideas of raid mixed with the classic everything else experience. Okay. I thought you were going to say Bayonetta's one and two. Mm. Well, those are, yes, those are my favorite games. I can't, okay. I can't imagine another Bayonetta game. Like I know Bayonetta three is coming, mm. but yes, I guess, I guess. No, but there's a difference between favorite and perfect. I would say. Yes. Because I've, I've only played, um, like Bayonetta one and two, like once each, and like half of Bayonetta one on hard mode. But I have played 
World of Warcraft for like a year of my life, and I can sure. very easily imagine um, a better version of it. Because That's you've easy. basically become like a Q&A tester. Um, a Q&A tester. That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> I don't know why I called it a Q&A tester. Good thing uh, only people who are committed to the podcast will hear this and hear me embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> I would say the perfect video game that exists um, still for me, uh, probably still Jet Grand Radio. Like I, I would play – I if I had to sit down and pick a game to play right now, it would probably be – that on the Dreamcast on like a CRT TV. Um, I think it would have to be a console game and I think it would have to be like, I don't know, like the controls would have to be sort of the same kind of clunky but fun to master sort of thing. Um, that's not a great answer, uh, but it's also kind of like the only honest answer I have. There are other games that I think are like are on the edge of perfect. There was a long time where I couldn't have imagined anything more perfect than Chrono Trigger. Um Ikaruga is in many ways a perfect game in my mind, the the shoot 'em up uh or bullet hell or other. But uh yeah, no, I probably check Grand Radio. I feel like if they um expanded multiplayer Stardew like one step further and there was more like oh my goodness, what if there was like a communal space like how just like in Destiny there's only like one real like communal space. Or right. not just one, but like um like your whole world wouldn't be a communal space, but you could go to a communal space and see like a lot of other people. And like, that'd be really cool. Actually, that'd be, that'd be neat. I would love that. That'd be really cool. So we're actually sort of answering the second question of, of Rory's, which is if you were to close your eyes and imagine the perfect video game that doesn't exist, what would it look like? Oh, that's the question that I'm answering. Oh, also, but the first, the first one is what is the perfect video game that exists? Which I mean, in some ways, in some ways you, you answered that by saying "Wow, classic," and then you answered the second question by saying, "But it's not perfect." So here's like the other parts of it. Yes, I think Bayonetta one and two are the most like perfect, complete games. Like I can't imagine how they would be better. I think what's Especially cool about Bayonetta two. Yeah, I think what's cool about our answers is they're both we both sort of answered like maybe like fifteen to twenty hour action based. Although not not action in the same way, but like fifteen to twenty hour, and that's generous for both um, long games that have a beginning, middle, and end, and like just the narrative arc, and and you know don't continue out. It's not like they have a ton of DLC or they take like eighty hours to finish. It is just sort of like a story told and then over. Um, you can't have perfection without completeness. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. Except, uh, what, 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 what's except? No, I don't think there is an exception. Um, I also would say, like, if I were to think about the perfect video game, it would be one that, um, I don't know, I'd like to see a new franchise that had a, um, a single game and it was planned single game and it just came out and it was like, like the ones we're describing. I mean, Bayonetta is, has a sequel, but like, the idea of Bayonetta is very much like contained within the series, right? Um, so I don't know, like I I don't ever see that happening, but like I'm playing um, this game called uh, The World Ends with You uh, on on the DS because uh, uh, a listener asked uh, friend friend uh, Dante Vicknab or uh, Doctor Flesh Dog on Twitter um, asked if I would play that, and I I am, and it's great because it's like a franchise I've. You know, it's the only time the franchise happened. It is very different and very strange, and I know it's limited to this game. And there's something kind of like, I don't know, there's something kind of like precious about that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Like, I, I don't know why um, there's so much pressure to make sequels to games. Like, uh, just, I feel like it's seen as in, like, literature, like, especially uh, popular fiction or something, that it's kind of like a cheap thing to make sequels. Mm. Um, people expect you to do standalones. But then, like, people people aren't super psyched about standalone games. I think yeah, no, absolutely. Sequels. I think I think in gaming, it's just become, like, the mark of a good franchise. Like, if you make a good one, they're like, well, now you're going to have five more. Um, and, I mean, I, you know, like, it would, uh, a lot of us buy those sequels. So I suppose we're not, um, not voting with our dollar, although I think that that's probably not a thing anyone can do anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, you're right. Like, I think in... In film and video game, you have the same basic problem, which is that IPs are expected to last for a very long time. Um, not just one. Yeah. That's why we're all begging uh, Scott Benson for Night, Night in the Woods 2, where Mae gets her act together and goes back to college. I want Night in the Woods 2, where we finally <laughs> where find out which of her friends she ends up with. I know. I can't wait till she rushes a sorority and then meets a new character. And then we have to guess, is she going to end up with one of her old friends or the new friend? I can't wait. I can't wait to find out if the Angus May shippers end up being right. (laughs) Um, I brought up as a total gag to Scott in an episode a long time ago. And he was like, oh, they're out there. They're actually a fairly strong contingent, Um, (laughs) which just seems so cruel to poor Greg. Um, Like... Sorry, Greg, your loving, sweet boyfriend is actually into May now. It's so dark. Um, yeah, no, I, I hope I hope we, we get to find out all about May. I hope we get enough sequels that it ends up being her entire life. Mm. Um, up until the grave. Up until the grave, and then she wakes up at 11 a.m. the next day and catches Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, then the last game is just a Pokemon game. It's just one of those Pokemon <laughs> hacks, like uh, Pokemon Black, where where Pikachu has a gun or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think that is what happened. <laughs> Scott, call us. <laughs> we will work on commission. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, from the Discord, uh, ET. Oh, did you have anything else to add to that? Sorry, I should have asked. No, I I think I've said my piece. I thought you had. It felt natural, but I also know it's polite to ask. That's that's today's ad. Ask people things. Um, there won't be an ad on this one. So, so ETPC from the Discord. Uh, I also think that's their uh, Twitter handle. Um, asks, how would you reboot Duke Nukem in twenty twenty um, with the with the added con- with the added uh, condition that we cannot say no, we will not re- reboot Duke Nukem in twenty twenty. I mean, I think they already did, and they called it John Wick and pretended like it was pushing the boundaries. <laughs> Absolutely bodying John Wick on <laughs> today's <laughs> podcast. Just setting the franchise. They just canceled four and five because of what you said. John Wick, you sicko. <laughs> um, I, think, I think if you rebooted Duke Nukem at this point, you could only do it one of two ways, and like the one way they would never do because it wouldn't be popular would be to do like a an old school kind of pixel thing, right? <gasps> like Ten Star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like everyone's favorite game, Ten Star. Um, <laughs> favorite game of the podcast, Ten Star, with the buff robot cowboy. 
I love Tinstar. We stand Tinstar in this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. But um, no, I, I think like, I think, I don't know, like, like Tinstar, I think you could either be like, you could do a Duke Nukem, like the early Duke Nukem games, like prior to 3D, where they were sort of like Commander Keen clones, or you could do like Doom uh, reboot it. And I like the Doom reboot, but like, I think you could mm. probably just do that with Duke Nukem and make it like, you know, like a really sort of like realistic Earth um, invasion or whatever. And then you you add in a guy who sort of just is is literally uh, Bruce Campbell, maybe played by Bruce Campbell from Army of Darkness. Right. Like just you, you, you do Ash from Army of Darkness and you're like, OK, this is this is the quintessential distillation of the Duke Nukem character. We'll just call him Duke Nukem, but we know who he actually is, and this is the this is the thing. Like he's just cracking wise, and you're you get all sorts of big you know vistas and stuff like that. It sounds soulless to me, but I I just I can't imagine any other way you do it. I think they could do it with like some layer of irony, like maybe do like a Hotline Miami kind of thing, mm. and just act like yeah, we know this is Duke Nukem, but <laughs> but now it's funny. I would love to see like a like a like a like a synthy sort of score, like a like one of those uh, vaporwave scores over top, and then just Duke Nukem saying like uh, "get sub," and then just like a, a like a vaporwave score over top. I think that would really uh, hit all my hit all my synapses at once. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think um, it would break my neck at once. <laughs> uh, let me let me let me toss this at you. What would you think of a female Duke Nukem? Uh, I don't think of it. No, <laughs> I don't think of you at all. Female Duke Nukem. <laughs> female Duke Nukem pities you, but you don't think about female Duke Nukem at all. I am so sorry to her, but I don't know her. I don't bother myself with her at all. <laughs> dang, dang. John Wick and now Lady Duke Nukem both just <laughs> carpet bombed on this episode. Um, we decided we wouldn't ask about what the best Clay Fighter is because you don't know what Clay Fighter is. Um, but it's the Super Nintendo one because it's the jankiest and dumbest. Uh, the- Clay Fighter, for the record, Liv, is a game where you play as like characters that are sort of loosely animated via claymation. Um, mm-hmm. and, like one's a snowman and there's also like a, a Gumby sort of looking guy and it's sort of like Mortal Kombat except uh, if it was all like clay people okay so here's my answer because that just sounds like celebrity death match so I'm going oh. with Weird Al <laughs> actually a legit celebrity death match game would be incredible I mean why, also impossible why have we not gotten celebrity death match back yet that was I incredible be- I think because it existed in a brief period of time where everyone just agreed not to sue MTV uh, for bringing their likenesses on TV and having them brutally kill people. Um, I can't imagine you'd last very long. Mm. Like, what if you had J.K. Rowling on there and it was like a turf gimmick? Like, how long do you think she would she would leave she would leave that lie? I'm imagining it. You, are you enjoying it? <laughs> are you enjoying this this fake episode <laughs> of Celebrity Deathmatch that worked up for us? Yeah. It's pretty good. She could, <laughs> yeah, it's good. There's a lot of possibilities. We don't have to. We don't have to ruin it by naming them. But <laughs> yeah, watch uh, for this new project coming from the No Cartridge Enterprise in the future. <laughs> it's just, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be my new show with Netflix. It's going to be called uh, Satire Deathmatch, and everyone's name is gonna be their name. <laughs> Wait, why is celebrity the word that was replaced with satire? <laughs> Sorry, I guess death. it should be celebrity satire match <laughs> or celebrity death satire. Um, but every 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 celebrity will have one name difference. So instead of uh, J.K. Rowling, it'll be J.K. Rowlings. Um, oh. They'll always just have an S at the end of their name. <laughs> That will give me problems. And there will also be two of them. It'll yeah, exactly. all be tag teams. Yeah. And when you ask, is a singular one of you J.K. Rowling, they would say no. And if you suggest otherwise, I'll see you in court. Um, and then I'm, I'm good to go. I think I'm pretty good then. Yeah. 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 Um, although, actually, if there were a celebrity deathmatch today, like a real one, podcasters would be on it. It's just like celebrities these days are kind of like a bummer sometimes. Like yeah, some of them like are really cool. Jake I wish... Paul. Yeah. I mean, I could see him on Celebrity Deathmatch, though. I would like to see some of like the TikTok people like that. Um, that uh, TikTok woman who scammed the or allegedly scammed the U.S. government to pay for her top surgery. Um, I like her a lot. I would yeah. love to see her in, in like uh, in a face role in Celebrity Deathmatch. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I worry. I worry. You just end up seeing a lot of like Ben Shapiro's. Hmm. I still think. I, I guess there aren't as um, good of celebrities these days. Like I've seen that. Um, I don't know. Like uh, celebrity tabloids are are dying off because there's no more celebrities. Like, what are you just gonna post more pictures of Ben <laughs> Affleck looking sad? You can only let him rest. Do you think someone like Cardi B could be like a new celebrity? I mean, I think she is a celebrity, but it's not the same where you have, like, paparazzi taking pictures because they give you all the content themselves. Like, Cardi mm. B's, like, very um, – she feels accessible because, you know, she's always posting on Instagram and stuff like that. True. Yeah. I guess access is different now. And what are they going to do during quarantine? Give you you know? tabloids? Yeah. Just come up with new stuff. Just uh, talk about illicit zooms between uh, Brad and Jen. Hmm. Did Brad sext Jen? Did Angie find out? <laughs> I know Angie and Brad are divorced. But according to the tabloids, that's always a bit up in the air. I like that you're following this. and able. To I go grocery that. shopping sometimes, and so I have to, <laughs> I have to keep up with my people. Yeah. Um, Here's one for you, Liv, um, to, from Ed WK. Did you ever find, do you ever find, excuse me, or did, uh, a new competitive multiplayer, excuse me, game or genre that you feel like devoting time into becoming highly proficient at? Um, yeah, it's kind of like all of the ones I already play, but just being good at them instead. But mm. also, like, I have been playing, and this is probably the easiest one to start with and all honestly really the only one i care to do is like i've been playing a lot of heroes of the storm and i've never okay. really been great at mobas because i think the the big thing is like playing dota it's like it was such a time investment but oh, what huge. i what i crave about dota is i like the whenever you're just like farming a lane and like getting final uh, like the killing blow on everything and just farming XP for a while. Like that's kind of fun. Here's the storm. They just like go right in it and you're always in a team fight. And I don't know. 
Hmm. It's like fun, and I like seeing all my friends. All my friends being um, the the characters from the the Blizzard franchise. I was gonna say your friend, your friend the Lich King. <laughs> yeah. Tough friends, problematic friends. Yeah. I understand the desire to be good at MOBAs. I'm painfully bad at them. I can I can't wrap my head around it. It it confuses me too much. Um, I would love to be really good at Rainbow Six Siege. I like it because it's so team based and like so fast paced that it's it like there's something very enjoyable about like a game where just knowing where like ledges are and like where to look for someone's like mm. tiny toe so you can shoot that one pixel of them. And there's something really cool about that if you were to be able to get good at it. It also makes it very painful to play casually. So it's one of those ones that I almost kind of wish I was magically good at. I see I already have some of the prerequisite skills for these because I do have an eye for, for toes. Oh, well, yeah. Those little piggies don't escape you. No. No. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look into this game. I didn't realize it was a, a, a feet game. Largely about feet. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird how they don't bring that the, the material. It's a little uncomfortable if you're not into feet. But, like, a lot of people really start liking it. I'm Every time you... To. You buy this game, the cashier just wings at you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and that also happens on Steam. They hire someone to come to your house and wink at you. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's a weird economy right now. Uh, and, final, and also from Ed, um, I liked this question a lot, and I, I thought you might like it too. Uh, what are your favorite video game cities or towns or villages? Oh, I really have so many. I think my probably my very favorite would be Dalaran and World mm. of Warcraft because it's a magical. I I don't think you ever got Dalaran, but it's a magical floating city, and it's like so sweet and like every inch of it's like well thought out. That's um, cool. And there's just like little cute little flavor everywhere it's the perfect size like it doesn't get too big and so like everyone's you're always around other people truly and like what what do you want to do except be surrounded by wizards in the sky i don't know back to our new sponsor jk rowling um <laughs> no i mean you're right like much much as jk rowling and the uh, preeminent prog artists of our time have suggested um being surrounded by wizards in the sky would really be awesome um would kick ass actually um i'll, yeah. I'll say it it would kick butt um <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of something that would not be in an mmo because I, I think like there are a lot of places in in final fantasy 14 that i think are like wonderful places to hang out i really like um i really like this area called uh kugane which is in sort of like shows up in i think the second expansion um, but the, or I guess the third, if you're counting, yeah, the third expansion. Um, but it, uh, it's cool because like, it's a very big city, but it also links off to this weird sort of like secondary area that, um, is kind of like a weird grind fest, but also produces a ton of community, uh, called Eureka. And it's fun being able to go there and seeing names I recognize and be like, oh yeah, like, that's this person or that's that person. Like I, I know them. Um, but I don't know. Like I think maybe something in, you know what I will say? I will say my favorite city um, in a video game or the city that has stayed with me the most is um, 
the the abandoned robot factory in Chrono Trigger when you go to the future and uh, meet Robo. Um, and I think the reason for that is because it is super evocative. Uh, there's not a lot of people that you have to talk to to get the um, exposition about the town, but like like you say, live like there's flavor everywhere, like little things that tell you about how the world advanced and how it sort of crumbled and what's going on. And of course, you meet like a bunch of robots who don't know what's going on, and that's also really interesting. Um, but it just like it's very memorable, like it everything about it, like the the you know the. Um, the moving walkways or like the little shoots you go down and stuff. I mean, I don't remember a lot of things from when I was gaming at like 11, but I certainly remember that. Um, so like, I think it just, it adds to the kind of feel of the whole thing in a, in a really good way. Hmm. <laughs> Everything feels intentional. Let me say. I think my other answer to this, if not MMO would be, I really love all the, uh, towns and cities in Earthbound. I feel like uh, Foresight is a, a little bit iconic. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good answer, actually. I hadn't thought about Earthbound, but yeah. Why do you find them so iconic? Um, I don't know. I guess because I haven't played that game since I was in elementary school, and I still find myself thinking about them frequently. Mm. Like the In Foresight, there's the, the theater where the band played, and the, the I think about the mall a lot, the, not the mall, the department store. I don't know. I just feel like yeah. the, the buildings always felt so interesting. I don't know. I, I loved Earthbound. Um, mm -hmm. I think like, a... I think what's really cool about, I think what's really cool about like good cities in video games is like the way that they do become part of the experience of the game, even more so than the plot sometimes. Like I, I would say like, the feel of the abandoned robot factory in Chrono Trigger is more important to me than the intricacies of the plot of the game. Even though I loved the plot of the game and I probably, I played that game enough that I probably could remember a lot of it. But like, you know, it's it's like that or um, thinking about like uh, Kentucky Route Zero in the, in the fifth act where like you basically just like fly around this town as a little butterfly the whole act and just like, extend the story but you keep having to make these circles around the town and you just kind of get used to it so much like you you go over this old ground so often that it becomes almost like a real place you know um and everything feels like it is informing the game itself um yeah i, I guess i never really thought about how like important place is in games or i, I have but not enough i think also another thing about earthbound is it was like one of the the first things that made me feel like I was like smart when I was a kid, like you feel smart, like when you're a kid and you like listen to weird owl and you're like, Oh, I understand this joke he's making. And the earthbound had that kind of sense. Like, Oh, these cities are named after one, two, three, and four. That's so interesting. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child genius for, for figuring this out. It's like when I, yeah. Like when you understand what, uh, what, Weird Al means when he says you got to squeeze all the charm and you can when Mr. Whipple's not around because you're like a sad person and no old Charmin ads. Like, oh, yeah. All right. I I must be very funny, too. Yeah, I, I, I get that feeling. Yeah, I must be uh, weird in quotation marks, too. <laughs> not weird in non-quotation marks, as people <laughs> at school have said. <laughs> I'm right. the cool kind of weird now. Yeah. I was listening to... Uh, 
there's a college radio station around here, which is a wonderful station actually uh, called um, XPN. It's out of the University of Pennsylvania. They have a number of uh, affiliates around like the country. So you might have an XPN affiliate. If you do, you should listen to it. They're really good. But um, they were – the one woman was on it and uh, they're not students who do the DJing, unfortunately. But the DJs are also quite good. Um, but there was a woman talking about uh, they might be Giants Flood. Um, because they were doing a throwback to 1990, so it was all songs from 1990, like specifically from 1990, not not even just generally the 90s. Um, and she goes like, "I can't, I, you, you can't forget that this album was from the 90s because the first song is about it being from 1990." She said, "It's also the first song album that I listened to off the off the beaten path of top 40 radio," and I, I felt like hearing that, you just could totally picture what this woman was like as a girl, like. Someone whose first like non top forty album is Flood or like a weird Al record is is definitely a type of person. Yeah, I understand her. <laughs> I, I kind of do too. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, let's see. I think that might be the last. So the 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 the, the other cl- the other the other last um, question we have is very hard. uh so um maybe i'll i might address this later but it's it's from andrew barrent um and i was gonna i was gonna actually ask you a question based off of this and then i was gonna ask you uh alex deegan's question to to follow up to finish it all up but um andrew's question is uh curious as to whether you've ever played a historical or a game sort of like existing in some alternate history that projects some sort of coherent, positive idea of collective liberation, which you'd say like Bioshock Infinite would be the one that doesn't do this, right? <laughs> Where it says like, oh no, all individuals are really quite bad. Um, I would say like, or all individuals are good and all collective, all collectives are bad. Um, I don't know. Like I, I have to think about this question more, but one thing I want to ask, and I, I will um, for, for what it's worth, I will definitely speak on this a little bit, probably, uh, when I talk about Shin Megami Tensei 4, which I also played for a patron. Um, but Liv, I wanted to ask you, um, do you think coherent political projects are important in video games? <laughs> like, I guess um, what I mean is like realistic, coherent things. Like, like, does it matter if a video game, would it matter if a video game never actually forwarded a real plan for... Uh, say like leftist liberatory projects do i think it's okay if a game doesn't do that yeah like no game ever like if 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 if, if the if the genre died and there was never ever a game uh that did that would that be okay or would that be a failure um i feel like there's probably lots of games that have already done this but we just don't know about them because the games that you're more likely to know about aren't going to be as leftist politically. Um, Mm -hmm. No, I don't, I don't really care. I don't. um, Yeah. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of think I agree. I I don't, I don't know if it has to be. I feel like, um, not that being political, I mean, everything is political, um, but I feel like ever like playing something and it trying to be moralizing or 
um, having like a very exact thing that it wants to say would be um, a, a pretty bad game. Like it might be good politically, but I don't think it would be very interesting. I, mm-hmm. or I can't imagine how it would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't think that it would be important to me as a person, but maybe it would be important to, to other people to see these kinds of, um, to see positive collective liberation in a game. That would be good for, for some people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the thing to say there is maybe like, maybe the important thing that video games do because they're such like a, um, a, a genre that brings you in and, and sort of makes you part of the world they portray or often does anyway. Uh, maybe the the thing is like you'd almost say like just representation of individuals is is sort of more important or more viable as a project anyway than um, the representation of some sort of like massive social shift, right? Where like you you you're not necessarily like it, it might mean more to someone who is struggling to figure out how to process like the world and the, their politics within it if they saw someone like them in a video game where they wouldn't see them very much elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That seems right. Hmm. Can I ask you Alex Deegan's question? You can ask me any question you want. This is, uh, this is, this this is Q and a, yeah, this is Q and a testing. This is Q a testing. This is, this is Q a testing. Number five. Um, uh, Alex asks, how tall are you? Are you taller than me? Lie to me and tell me I'm tall. How tall are you, Liv? Oh my goodness, this is getting very invasive now. I don't is know. height an invasive thing? I don't know. Um, like I would. Five, I won't five, ask. Five, five. I'll tell you how much. I, how, how much I I height. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna say it now. Instead of how much I weigh, I'm going to say how much I high. <laughs> Like people will distance themselves. I think it's from me gonna then. take off. <laughs> you think so? You think people are gonna say? I think so too. I think it's gonna be the next uh, go off. These are my dipping mustards. Um, I'm six even, six feet tall. Mm. Yes, I'm. I'm like five four, five five. I'm okay, you're the same average, height as Kristen. Very average heighted. I think that's truly the average height of an American woman. The average. Actually, let's find that out. I'm super interested to see if that's true. I think it is. Because I've heard that before, but. It's something I never think about. That's not. Your, your height? Yeah, no, I, I never think about my height. It's not something that ever crosses uh, my mind. 5'3". You're slightly taller than the average. Hmm. But that's fine. That's good. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of like a tall queen. I think that I'll start identifying that way. <laughs> you uh, could be the tall girl from Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tall girl club. That's right. Hashtag uh, tall girl problems. <laughs> Hashtag when you're two inches taller than the average thing that they want you to wear. <laughs> Hashtag tall girl problems. <laughs> Um, average man is uh, five nine, which is uh, rough because based on what I understand from Twitter, if you are not uh, five eleven and three quarters or up, um, you may as well be uh, uh, sentenced to to hell. Hmm. 
I don't know. I think there are short kings and tall queens and um, and all in between. And I think I think Alex is tall. I think if we want if he wants us to tell him he's tall, I think he's tall. Sure. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whatever you desire, I would like to um, compliment all all patrons of the podcast in whatever way um, we'll have you continuing to support us. They most desire. Yeah, if you're if you want to be tall, I do believe that you're tall in my heart of hearts. If you want to be short, I believe that as well. If you're hmm. okay with being average, keep going at it. You're so average. You have you have friends here, although uh, not anymore because <laughs> now. Now, well, I mean, now that I'm a tall queen and have tall queen problems, I don't really understand the average and short people that listen to this show. But. <laughs> just like, it would be really funny if your you, your brand was like suddenly you realized you were tall and then just only started talking about tall people problems. It's just like I never really realized it until I knew I was tall. But this is the reason this has always bothered me. Like, yeah, but never, I'm going to have to. I don't know. Like, do you think that there's only so many descriptors I can have in front of like my my identity? Like, whenever I say, you know, like, who said bisexual vegan gamer girls couldn't get a haircut, and people said, say, what the fuck are you talking about? I can't have like tall yeah. in front of that too, because then I think it gets even more. People just won't understand me. You I could think... say. You could say who said. Uh... Tall bisexual vegan gamer girls couldn't ride in first class. Um, I think that's something you could say. Is that true? Do people say that? I, well, you know what? I think some closed-minded people have. I think there's a little bit of uh, bi erasure going on in uh, in the first class community. I think. Well, there's certainly tall girl erasure. Yeah. They want you out of there if you're tall. And yeah. you know what? I think you're right. I think. I think this. Uh, I think. Erasure is the correct word for it because they'd never say they were doing anything wrong. I think they'd say that they accept by people, but I also think that uh, they're not really. Um, there's no it's prominence. Not embracing. No, but no, they're not inviting now, you in. <laughs> now they're going to tell me, "Oh, you're you're five four. You're tall. Into the cargo bin." With all the other, with, <laughs> with all the other all, tall queens, all the zoo animals. <laughs> I'm in like one of those like those like cartoon boxes for giraffes, <laughs> like the the They're hole like, cut out. Yeah, <laughs> They're nailed shut. Neck. Like Taz comes in. <laughs> Little yeah. known that Taz was a um, tall bisexual vegan gamer girl. Australian gamer girl. That's right. Well, I mean, even and and soon, sooner or later, you're going to probably be an Australian gamer girl. And at that oh point, oh my gosh, that's true. I mean, then you have to. Then it goes. Then it goes the whole way. And anytime someone doesn't um, talk to you using all of the various descriptors, you have to ask them to rethink what they said to you. Yeah. Do you realize who you're talking to? Yeah, I guess if I have to lose any of them, I would lose all of them except for vegan because I think that's what annoys people the most. Oh, okay. So no, that, that's that fair. One. You should put a little V next to your name. I think that really annoys people. Ooh, can I get the little V as a V club or stream <laughs> Savage Garden, but the V in Savage Garden? Is Could you make v. the V an A V club? <laughs> the circle <laughs> V that vegans use sometimes. That would make people so upset. 
I did say I did text you and say um, that you have demystified being vegan in the same way as my mother, who has been vegetarian since I was like eight, uh, demystified being vegetarian to me. I feel like before we were friends, I definitely thought uh, it was weird to be vegan and didn't understand it. <laughs> and when we talk, but no, no, seriously, like when I've talked about it with you, it's it's been very clear that it's like, oh, yeah, like I could do this. Anyone could do this. It's just like a super normal thing. Yeah, it's extremely normal. I can't tell you how normal it is. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. Like I've I've never. I feel like if you if you are annoyed by vegan people, maybe talk to a vegan. Hmm. That's just that's, not me. Because if no. you're like coming at me already a little bit aggro, please don't. don't please do don't, don't. Please don't harass. <laughs> <laughs> the little circle V in my AV club name is my shield, and hopefully it will deflect the haters. That's what it is. It's it's a little like Wonder Woman shield, but with the V on it. Yeah. That's cool. That's actually very cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me. Um, well, I think you're right. I think time to tell. Did you have any other things that you wanted to add? I hope everyone's doing great. I, I know that too. this is a a tough time, but um, we appreciate you being here with us. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. Things are going to be okay. Yeah. I don't that's... know if that's true, but like. I, I mean, it's always okay. it's always true in a way. There's there's different ways that things can be okay. Yeah. Okay doesn't have to mean one thing or the other. Things are going to be all right. Yeah. Just, uh, just keep that keep that in mind. Keep that keep that in your heart as you go through the day. And just, just remember who told you two people from online. <laughs> <laughs> but we've met That's each other right. in person, so it's it's like we know each other exists. We don't know if you guys exist. Right. Yeah. So really, you guys are are sus, not us. Yeah. Um, is it sus to have a podcast audience? <laughs> <laughs> Fellas. Uh, anyway, write in your answers to that and we'll, uh, we'll respond to that on the next, uh, yeah. Q and a testing. Please. A good night. <laughs> good night. <laughs>